Hello and welcome to Every Day with an Angel. I want you to know that you are so blessed to be here and you know I know there's going to be people coming in and that kind of thing. Well, I get to have my old my uh, partner in um in uh what was our show before on Mondays and Regan said that he's going to be here every third uh Wednesday now mm -hmm. on the next level so or I have so many names going through my head today. It's like, have you felt discombobulated by this eclipse? I know I have. <laughs> it's like keeping things straight in my head here. But uh, thank you, Regan, for being here. You're welcome. Um, you know, Visit the Afterlife is Regan's um, YouTube chat. I'm going to let you speak for a minute while I realign right. my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel that way today, too. I think the whole world is is goofy right now discombobulated that's I a know. good one discombobulated <laughs> yeah my website is as you see on the screen there visit the afterlife.com uh, mm -hmm. and uh, uh like natasha uh natasha and i are like counter counterpoints here where um we both have ways of getting you to see a bigger picture of things me by helping you achieve a deep state of trance and visiting the uh the afterlife for a few hours kind of like a near-death experience without the death part and uh and natasha you know she's got a direct connection there you can talk to her and she can see things uh, for you um mm -hmm. so that's uh, what we do at the from the newton institute and usually we just get together um you know we were doing that podcast for three years and now because we're both been so busy we've uh, had to switch things around so i'm happy to be on here and to see my friend natasha at least once a month <laughs> I mean, i'm in california by san francisco and she's up in uh up in the washington area um so you know we're separated that way but isn't it interesting with zoom and the way the world's changed in the last 15 20 years where now anybody in the world you can just do the zoom thing and you feel you feel like there's no distance you know exactly uh, exactly very very interesting and that's how you know i think too you know like today we're, we're uh, going to talk about conflict uh you know conflict in our in our minds conflict in the world it seems that we're reaching um, a crescendo here all over the world. You know, uh, you know what I was thinking the other day, like Palestine and Israel now are, are you know, going toe to toe and, you know, Russia and Ukraine. Well, in America here, we're we're actually toe to toe, too, you know, but in a right now, not in a violent way. Um, and I was thinking today, I wonder if that's because, in a sense, America has kind of evolved a little bit to where you know, uh, hopefully our conflicts will never be like the Civil War was, you know, mm -hmm. um, because the Civil War was like like Israel and Palestine. You know, it was like people living in the same vicinity, just going, you know, boom, boom, you know, w w right over the other. But now we're doing that about democracy, you know, here about are we going to continue with this um, experiment in democracy or is it going to go down the tubes? Uh, because a good portion of the United States is this. He doesn't, you know, is, is is going down where they want more of a, what, I don't know, what would be a theocracy or a, you know. A, I don't really know what it would be because it wouldn't know. be, um, but, you know, it's almost like I was listening to someone and they were even saying that you know, democracy only has so much time that it's allowed. Hi, Veronica. You know, it's, it's that it's only allowed so much time and we're at that end of that time that usually, you know, democracy works. But it's actually, I think democracy could work a whole lot better if we didn't have conflict. Yeah. You know, 
um, Republicans, you know, Democrats, you know, independents, you know, nobody can get their footing in the right way. And, yeah. and how do we get along? And, and I know that, you know, hi, Soba, how you doing? Um, thank you for being here and watching. I appreciate your support that, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, that we're going into. And, you know, I, you know, when, every time I see 1111, I pray that we can we just get along. <laughs> you know, can I we know. just get along? Wasn't that a wasn't that a movie? Can we just get along? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's that, you know, negotiation of who we are. But, you know, we don't even get along with our own brains half the time. So how can we get along with other people? You know, it's like, you know, our uh, brains kind of do our thing. And then, you know, our you know people do our thing. And it's like, what, do we, what? how do we negotiate conflict of our emotions? You know, because emotions are what really get triggered when we having a, a conversation with someone, you know, yeah. and I put in conflict of the mind in the, in the, you know, what was, but then I added after I started writing the description about emotions, because, you know, they kind of go hand in hand, you know, you have a conversation with someone. And then they trigger a story on you that creates a trigger of those emotions. And then we go through it. And I've had a lot of people that, you know, their marriages are breaking up or, you know, they have relationships with people who are narcissists or they have, you know, it's like we have all these things that um, abuse and, and negotiations and how do we get through all this conflict that we are in and yeah well you know the funny thing i was thinking the other day okay you have i'm just using is because israel and hamas or the palestine thing there's that conflict there too but when you break it even further down i think so many times we have that same conflict going on within ourselves of two parts of ourselves you know mm -hmm. and it's that that constant you know like the the devil angel kind of thing going on, you know, <laughs> and we have this conflict because they both have desires, you know, mm -hmm. they both want what they want. And we have to come to some sort of conflict resolution within ourselves sometimes, mm -hmm. um, you know, before. And, um, you know, sometimes the devil wins, sometimes the angel wins, you know, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, but I think a lot of times the people, as, as you get to a certain level of spiritual enfoldment, you, you realize when, I'll just say the devil and negative for, you know, I think they're, they're, they both serve the purpose or whatever, but we, we start realizing when we go the negative route or the devil route, um, there's usually a bigger price to pay down the line. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, when you're not coming from, uh, just from love, you know, in that way. Um, well, I know one way that I work through my conflict is, is I try to get, and I just looked this up, perception and perspective. You know, mm -hmm. perception is what you interpret, right? But perspective is you taking the view overview point. You put your one foot in other people's shoes. You, oh. you take a third person's um, perspective. You know, you, you look at the world outside yeah. of you and, and that's one thing that I really look at doing is, is I try to take that third person's point of view because of the fact that's that the no, there's no right or wrong. You know, there's really no right or wrong because everybody's perception 
is what we may were brought up in, what our truth is, what we gain our truths along our timeline. Like your, you know, Regan, your perception of life since you were, you know, 10 years old compared to the age you are now has probably oh, changed over all the time. 16 zillion times, right? Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, but, but then, you know, but every time you've probably taken that perspective, per I have it up here, perspective, yeah. perspective yeah that it gave it a little bit more grace perspective is uh is is a beautiful thing you know when we can you know we've always had the thing well before you judge somebody walk off a mile in their shoes you know mm -hmm. um even just walk a couple of feet or something you know i mean just you know when i'm thinking of the israel and palestine issue that's so i don't know that's so intermeshed it's not just one issue. I mean, for someone to unpack that, I mean, it, it would take the most wise therapist, you know, if you sat down with both groups mm -hmm. and just slowly tried to unwind it, you know, it's... It would go back, like, it would go back millions of years in a way, you yeah. know? And I know that we haven't been on this planet millions of years, but, you know, that's how long, <laughs> basically, since that land started being negotiated with yeah. that's how long conflict has been there and whose land is it truly it's mother earth's land right you know it's mother's earth's land and everybody has an equal right to every part of it you know but exactly. until we get that until we get that perspective it's going to have conflict you know so uh what, what i'm just thinking the beautiful thing about america you know especially uh when i was in san francisco the other day walking down all of a sudden, you know, I'm walking by Chinese people, Hispanic people, black people, every, it's like the whole mix of the world and everybody's just walking there and everybody's just okay, you know, uh, but in some countries they still have this thing. It's like, it's, it's just our way and our race and our, our, you know, everybody, ha everybody who around me needs to be exactly like me or they're, they're outcasts. And so mm -hmm. until there's, some growth in that area, there's always going to be this, uh, this conflict, you know? Well, I know. Um, yes. Because I know I live close to the city of Seattle. Right. And there's parts of the city that are very, you know, I'm going to call them uppity, you yeah. know, and then there's some that aren't so uppity. And then there's some that, you know, you can walk by and, and have like, um, uh, spikes in your head, you know, and you're mm -hmm. just, that's just, and colors, and that's just who you are. And then there's other places where if that same person walked down the street, the cops would be called on them, right? right. It's just that, that closed in moment. And, you know, that, I think that's where we get conflict in the mind is because we, we do close up into, you know, like, let's say if you, um, you have a conversation with someone and they get triggered, right? How are yeah. we to know that somebody's going to get triggered? Yeah. How do we know that? We can't know that unless we've been with somebody for 30 some odd years. Yeah. Then we kind of have more of a say of, oh, yeah, I know that person might get a little bit more triggered, right? Yeah. Well, one thing that's interesting, and I talked about this before on the show, but I guess it would uh, be a little example of conflict and resolution. Um, when you do it spiritually, like I had a couple come to me and in uh, regular therapy, they were like this, they just couldn't, they, they came to an impasse, 
you know, they just, and so their therapist recommended them come to me and said, well, we could take it a step further by having them go to the afterlife and talk about their, you know, um, their, their issues over there. So uh, one day the wife uh, came in and she went to the afterlife um, and, you know, talked to the council and stuff over there. And she talked to the higher self of her husband. What we found out is when it, when all of us decide to be born, we put about half of our spiritual self in the human body and we keep about half on the other side. Mm -hmm. So people are able to talk to their, uh, the higher selves of people still alive in their life. So she went over there, talked to the husband with his soul self over there and got more of a perspective of what was going on with this, with this divine sandpaper that they were pushing mm -hmm. each other up against, you know, and then, um, and then he did the same. And then after they did that, they came together and they were able to begin to work on things earnestly because they both loved each other. Uh, but, um, uh, they just, you know, something was like this. So getting a higher perspective, getting the spiritual perspective, a bigger picture of their relationship, uh, they were able to come back and, um, and resolve some issues, you know? So, I mean, I've just, it's just not probable that you'd have an, you know, who's ever head of the Israelis and the Palestine people or Hamas and the other, I mean, wouldn't it be, gosh, it would be a beautiful thing if they finally said, can we just stop killing each other? You know? How about this? You know, how about this whole land here now? Why don't we just make a both of ours? You know, and you have your temples and, you know, we both have our temples and stuff. And you guys do your thing and we'll bless you and you do let us do our thing and we'll work together. Our kids will play together and everything will be OK. Because, you know, if it finally came to that, it would be fine. But yep. it's so frustrating when, you know. Because it's, and it's not necessarily even the leaders. It's the person that's behind the scenes that is like. You know, how many people do we know are potsters? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, those potsters that just like to, you know, the yeah. scenario uh, and, you know, and that kind of thing. And it's just an amazing dance of, of how do we do this? And, you know, I, as you were talking about somebody coming out, yeah, Mr. Rogers is one that probably could go and have a conversation with both of them, right? I know. Mr. Rogers set everybody down. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> if anybody but, knows Mr. Rogers, he was one of the, those um, people who, you know, had a kid's show and, but yet he had, oh my gosh, he, he had a way of just being, you know, Yeah. he just had an awareness of life and, you know, he's not, he wasn't perfect by any means, but he knew, he just had new ways. So let's kind of get into this a little bit because we cannot solve, you know, Russia and Ukraine and, and the conflicts of Africa and, you know, now, you know, Israel and, and Hamas and oh, it's, what, whoever. It's pretty is much out. all over. Yeah. It, there's conflict everywhere. Right. And, you know, and, you know, even talking about our government, you know, between the Republicans and the Democrats, it's like, mm -hmm. What river is standing between the two of them? I don't know, you know, besides mm -hmm. the word hate, you know, or dis dislike, you know, but it, it's that thing. But, you know, the only way we can really heal the world is by healing ourselves. Um, yeah. And how do we work with ourselves? Because I can tell you that living with them with, you know, you know, like I've been saying, you know, I have a 32 year marriage, 34 years together and in 11 years now he's sober. Right. So there was a lot of conflict outside of me. Yeah. But I can tell you when I became more in innerly 
in peace about what steps I was doing and where I was going. I can tell you every time I made a difference with me, the difference outside of me changed. Yeah. I'm not responsible for anybody else. Yeah. But it did because I changed how I interacted with it. Yeah. So do you think maybe since we can't, in a sense, change everybody's minds on everything and we can only work on ourselves, that that's what we have to concentrate on? You said, well, maybe these people are going at it like crazy and doing all this dysfunctional stuff. Uh, but at least I can try in my relationships and, and everything that I'm doing to not be that way and hope that that energy will go to the pot of the good and hopefully, you know, change the. Uh... Exactly. Well, like talking with talking about these clients that you had, right, that that mm -hmm. she went and got a perspective, right? Mm -hmm. He went and got a perspective, which they brought back to get a different perception about how they were going to look at each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so them each coming back, having a different perception about how they were going to interact because the perception was, how am I going to interact with him? And how, how are we going to, you know, that, that, that stepping back really interacted with that dance of, yeah. of who we are. And, and that's the only way really that we can go in and heal something is, you know, cause if, if they each only had a perspective, right. Yeah. They they wouldn't have gotten so much work. They had to come back and work on themselves. And so, but thank you very much for um for chiming in here. Both sides are, are in survival mode. They can't see the full picture. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the thing about survival mode. And um they live in fear and hate. Yes, because that's actually survival, is is you go into the primalness and, and it yeah. comes down to that primal moments, right? So good job putting that perspective in there. So um, I, I I would I'll tell you what I'm feeling, and I think I get that from people that are mediums like you or other people or light workers and things that they say, and I've been hearing it for years, but it seems to be kind of true now. I'm thinking in the to get the perspective, the bigger picture of what's going on with all this conflict all over. And I don't know if I just say this because it's something that helps make sense to me and I can just relax about it, but. Um, just say it because it's, it's the truth that you know and it may help somebody else. <laughs> okay, well, it's the, a lot of light workers are saying that the souls uh, all over this planet, you know, that ever since that we've been evolving, <clears throat> There's different stages we've gone through, mm -hmm. you know, in other words, we're a little more aware and a little mm -hmm. more aware. Mm -hmm. And that usually what happens when there's um, when there's uh, the next step that's supposed to, to happen, uh, that is very common for the old ways of thinking and everything to just disintegrate, to fall apart for, in other words, people who are in one, uh, the old consciousness compared to the new one coming up, fight like heck to keep things the same. They do. But there's something greater than this all that's causing, um, let's say, half of us to really want to rush forward into this. And the other people are holding back. And there's that tension between the two. And it just causes all kinds of crazy stuff. But looking further down the road, I don't know if that would be in a few years, if that would be 100 years. I don't know. Um, yes and could... yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think so, too, because it, everything just doesn't change and everything's perfect. You know, there's mm -hmm. always a transition and everything. Um, and well, 
you know, look at civil rights, for instance, where uh, back in the 60s, we had a big jump forward, you know, where finally there was this uh, laws we passed here. We can't discriminate against color, sex, religion, mm -hmm. everything like that. OK, well, that was fine, but that didn't just all go away. You know, some of it lessened and some people started getting more justice, you know, that way. But look at everything uh, as of late and how much discrimination and how much everything there still is. Uh, sometimes it's not overtly that mm -hmm. way because people know they'll get in trouble. But there's other ways of, of you know, keeping women down or keeping minorities down or things like that. And so now it's all coming out again and it's causing all kinds of strife. And I think that's because it's saying we need to take another big step now. You know, we need to really look at all this and take that next step. So we, we always have agitation. Yeah. Endings. Um, unease. To get us to move forward. Yeah. I always know my life is going to do a big leap when I'm in that. Oh, crap. I can't deal with what I'm going through. Oh, what's this story supposed to be? And then I get this <laughs> big either perspective that jumps me up. Yeah. Or I meant to move on to something else. Yeah. Another thing happens, though, now that I think about it, is when I kind of get really, really easily comfortable. And I'm like mm. going, okay, what's coming next? <laughs> I know. It's like we're always looking for the other shoe to drop, you know. Exactly. But it's not that, that it's always going to drop in a bad way because I can tell you, even the time that my job ended and, and my cat passed away on the same day, basically, I moved into a new percept, new, new, uh, I kept in the same school, but I changed into a new job description that I felt like I was going down in, in, you know, what I was doing. But actually, after I realized what I was there for, I was able actually to work less hours so I can do my intuitive work more hours. Yeah. So yeah. actually the universe was agitating me out of a job position and my cat couldn't help me anymore my yeah, cat patty, couldn't be there anymore uh my patty who's my significant other my mm -hmm. my wife um the person i love the most in the world um <laughs> both of us have been going through this transition now about uh, instead of pushing towards something we've allowing things to happen you mm -hmm. know putting the intent out there of what we want and then just allowing it to happen instead of push 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 like you know in her uh, occupation now she's since she started doing that it's like she's comfortably busier than ever you know and even me too and natasha with you both of us seem to be on the same train here with our what we're doing is light workers with um you know just putting things out there and now it's beginning to come back to where we're, we're being mm -hmm. able to help more and more people you know that way well, I know for me, I did some personal work with um, cutting back some contracts that I've had. I always felt like I was in a short room. So I was mm -hmm. putting my head. I couldn't get up. And so there was a conflict in me knowing that there was something that was off and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then when I figured out how to work with someone that can do a lot of the same work I do, that she was able to go in and see some some perspectives that I wasn't seeing because sometimes you can't, it's like Dr. Heal yourself doesn't really work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that um, you needed other perspectives. And, and so going into that, that once I did that, it was like, I didn't, I kept not having to bump my head against the wall. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like, Oh, I can stand up. Oh, now I can take my foot off the gas pedal and just let it go. 
right? Because I wasn't mm-hmm. trying to get out of someplace, right? Mm-hmm. So being able to do that gave me, took away a lot of conflict out of me, you know, that it was like, okay, it wasn't necessarily, it was something outside of me that was controlling me, not necessarily what I was doing, even though I needed to step up and meet it. I had to step up and get into what I was doing fully, like you were doing, you know, it's like you had to, your next level was checking out how to do zoom or, you know, clients over right. zoom and, and going into the tech thing, which was conflict, right? It was conflictable to you. You mm-hmm. didn't know if you could do a good job. And so you were traveling more, right? Mm-hmm. Now I bet you're traveling less because you're just saying I can zoom it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've, as I've become more confident, you know, my, my clients have been more confident and um, <clears throat> I don't know why that, I guess it's, it, see, the more we do this, it's just proof. It's proof that there's no space between any of us, really. We're just, it's all, in other words, we're, I remember when um, there was some medical intuitives, you know, uh, back in the 70s, 80s, and they would be on the phone with somebody and they'd be, you know, they'd talk into the person and they would feel their energy and they would say, oh, you need this and you need this and this is wrong and this is wrong. And part of me always kind of believed it, but part of me went, oh, come on, how could they do that? You know, <laughs> but I'm. I've seen now just just because of the fact of this when I'm when I'm with Zoom with people and and just watching them go into trance and uh, me being on this screen them on that screen and here they are in the afterlife for a few hours having these amazing experiences and we're just doing it over this electronics thing you know I mean it's um, really kind of cool yeah <laughs> you know that exactly, way exactly exactly so how do you how is one of your personal ways that you work through some of your personal conflict? Let's say, um, you know, that you do something that, that is conflict with Patty, you know, and you, yeah. you know that you did something not necessarily right, but you didn't do necessarily anything wrong at the same yeah. time, you know, and then at the same time, but you made some disharmony mm-hmm. into the situation, which actually adds conflict into you, right? because mm-hmm. it's a ripple effect, you know, as you do for others, the, the scenario comes back to you. So how do you negotiate some of those moments? I'm working on it. <laughs> 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 but I know, you know, the right thing to do, you know, is just, um, <clears throat> just lovingly talk to the, your partner, you know, the other thing and just, you know, in other words, anytime you have an agenda, I this is one thing I know, when you have agenda to try to force the way you think of your, um, your, um, am I, okay, I'm getting perspective and per, what's the two things again? Perception is yours. Per, okay. I, perspective okay, my perception. Is, is outwardly. <clears throat> yeah. Anytime I'm trying to explain or push my perception onto purpose, you know, because I know, I already know she's got a different perception than I do. And so I have to get to where to know that each perception is equally valid, you Mm -hmm. know, but you have to find a way for the both of you to get to the perspective of, oh, you know, one thing is to look at it and realize you each have your own perception. That doesn't mean necessarily that you're wrong. Uh, But when you, when you kind of look at all the details and you get the, um, the, uh, perspective wait a minute wait a minute yeah perspective is is out outwardly perspective is the bigger picture Mm -hmm. right okay um 
that's when things change, you know, um, then you go, whoa, you know, most of my problems in my life and relationships have being been that um, my pers- I, I tried to push my perception onto another one to have them to have the same perception that I do, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and which would have been much better to really try as hard as you can to put yourself in the other person's shoes, see their um their perception, their perception. <laughs> and, and through that, you get perspective. I really like the way you're putting this today, because that makes so much difference when you get. Cause it, yeah. Cause perception is, a, uh, is about how you interpret it. And perspective is the viewpoint. Yeah. Perspective. That's, uh, that's, that's yeah. It. Yeah. So, so in other words, this, again, with the, you know, if you grow up Jewish or you grow up Muslim, you're, you know, you're taught a certain um, way of looking at things uh, and you're not taught perspective, which is in other words, to look at other people's beliefs and see how they believe things too, to get more of an idea so you can see the contrast between the Mm -hmm. two. You know, you're just taught that this is this, this one way that we're teaching you how to look at things. And it could be whether it's uh, even within Christianity, whether you're Protestant or Catholic, there's a, there's a certain you know, um, way that you want you to look at things and it doesn't take into account other people's way, ways Mm -hmm. of looking at things, you know? Exactly. Uh, And, and that's, that, that's the way, you know, that, you know, cause even if like, even those years when my husband was drinking, I really tried to look at what his, I put, tried to put one foot in his shoes. How is he feeling? What is he trying to say? What is, you know, it wasn't necessarily how he was saying was right or how it was being manipulated wasn't right, Mm -hmm. but there was a story behind what he was saying. And I tried to, I tried to go over what was in the front of it, anger, frustration, disappointment, judgment, whatever it was. And I tried to go over that to the backside of what he was feeling, which was sadness, disappointment, why am I not being heard? You know, that, that inner part of us that goes, but I just want to be heard. You know, of course he was drinking, which didn't make it easy to hear him. Right. (laughs) So there was that conflict, you know, that sometimes we sabotage ourselves because we're putting out this emotion that's creating the conflict. When actually, if we took that, that scenario down a notch or two, and that's one thing that I tell people communication is 90% of the healing of this, right? Yeah. It's 90%, even communication with ourselves. And, you know, like I was um, talking with someone who, you know, she, that they, they did something and, and there was a ripple effect because of that decision and, and having to live with that scenario, right? Well, living with that scenario, you know, I, the way that I've had to negotiate this is, is that, you know, I've done things that weren't perfect, you know, when my mom had Lou Gehrig's disease, you know, and I had a new baby and I had a husband that just changed the job. I just bought a house, sold two houses. You know, it's like I was a little bit done and I was a little bit cooked and, and I didn't do everything the better I could. And there was a lot of conflict in me through that story. And, and after when I knew I could do better, right? Cause mm-hmm you know, looking back, we can always do better. Right. But that's where I had to find mantras. 
I had to find mantras to stop this story of the brain going through the pattern of repeating itself. Well, why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Because if if I didn't heal the conflict in me, then I wasn't going to be able to heal the conflict in around me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so with that, then I had to communicate with myself better. And one of the mantras I use is I'm not doing anything wrong, but there's something I can change. I'm not doing anything wrong, but there's something I can change. Yeah. And it's not wrong that we do certain things, but then there's, but it's who are we interacting with? And that's what we can change is how do we communicate? How can we say, well, I have this to do. And I know that if I do this, it's going to cause a ripple effect, which triggers you. So how can I shift I'm going to let you know that this is what I'm doing so that it doesn't trigger you when I don't communicate with you. <laughs> yeah. If that makes any sense. And so there again is I'm not doing anything wrong, but there's something I can change. And then another one I use is I'm asking for divine healing on this. I'm asking for healing on this. I it's out of my, it's, it's bigger than me right now. And it's, it's bigger than my emotions can handle. And I'm just asking for healing on this. Somebody come in and work with me, please, so that I can work. And this is where I trust my universal team around me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and doing those kinds of things. So Soba had a, had an, um, uh, you know, had a, um, a, a note. I love how you're interacting with this. Thank you very much. So, um, to help change, my perspective in life, um, I question everything around me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Also religious beliefs because people to do, do not care about their life on earth. They are meant to suffer here on, and earn their place in heaven. Also religious beliefs cause people to not care about their life here on earth. They are meant to suffer here on earth. Yes. So I can, let me interpret what I think that you're saying there is, is that, you know, religion teaches us that we're not good enough. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I know, uh, I was, uh, participating in a religion when I was younger because it was a school I went to. It was the closest school. It was easiest for me to do. And so the perspective that they had was, is that, um, that, um, or, perception or perceptive perspective was that I was a sinner because I was human. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know I didn't go to bed when my mom told me to go to bed, but I didn't steal anything. I didn't talk bad about people. I didn't go in and, and I I actually was the one being bullied. Right. (laughs) I mean, I, I was just the quiet one. I was the one that didn't want to speak. I was the one that, you know, and so with that, that, that there again is, is that they were telling me I was a sinner and I'm like, why are you causing conflict in me when I don't have that conflict in me? I'm not doing wrong. Right. And so there's where religion can kind of put us in a place where, you know, if you do this, you're going to go to hell, right? And and God's going to hate you and all these things, right? But, you know, my my understanding of life is, is that if you go into your personal hell of depression and suffering and that you're always the one doing things wrong, when you're not, 
right? Because of other people's perspectives and and um, and understandings, right? That they call us doing wrong. That that why should we have that conflict and not not negotiate? what to appreciate our life here on earth because we actually can be in heaven here if we have that perspective mm-hmm. that's why i'm keeping this up perspective right mm-hmm. um so going into this so i hope that so but that that's kind of a little bit what you meant by about how religion kind of taints us about being here on earth and wants us to go to heaven you know when actually we can do that if we take our suffering out of it and taking yeah. the conflict, because I know for me, since I've been more at peace with myself and, and rolling with what's happening, right? Rolling with what's happening, I became, I get less conflict with what I'm doing. Well, you know, it just seems to me a lot of time, like on some level or way of looking at things, uh, you know, these different religions uh, are in the ballpark. In other words, like uh, I never understood original sin, like with the Catholics, you know, I was always taught growing up that we're born. In other words, like God gives us some, so, you know, we're born uh, broken, you know, uh, already just when we're, even if we haven't done anything wrong, we have original sin that's in our soul. You know, uh, I didn't understand that until uh, later on in life when I got the perspective of karma. You know, in other words, most of us that are born have, have, have created some kind of what we would call negative karma from other lifetimes and we come down here to work on it. And I thought, oh, well, that's another uh, that's another perception, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of things. But it's not as crazy to me as the, uh, you know, just like in other words, trying to t- trying to say that you're less than like none of us are less than we're just souls that are down here to learn. I mean, just because let's look at it this way, just because it's your first day in English 101, you know, doesn't mean that you're an illiterate, stupid person. You know, it just means that you're there to learn, you know, how to be more, you know, how how to express yourself better, how to understand things, you know, how to understand the language in English and that, you know. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if, you know, if the teachers, you come in there and the teacher says, oh, you're you guys, you students in here, you're all worthless right now. Uh, and uh, you have to do good in the class before you can feel like you're worth something. I mean, it's just, it's taking it to a, uh, to a more uh, negative place, you know, than, mm-hmm. than how things really are. So, you know, I, I like a lot of times when you go by some of the churches and, you know, they have what the sermon is, and it'll be something like, you know, it'll be something light, like, hey, fellow sinners, come on in, let's, uh, you know, let's uh, see what we can do to be better people. You know, that's a lot different than seeing one saying, you sinners are going to hell. You better come to church on Sunday. You don't burn exactly, 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 exactly. You know, it's the same with the same people. It's just a different, um, a different way of looking at things, you know, that way. And one's exactly. coming from a more loving way and one's coming from a more controlling uh, degrading way, you know, which but is that's bad how a lot itself. of us are taught. You know, we're taught from very young right. to how to be degrading. We're taught yeah. from a very young age to to be um, hurtful or hateful towards certain things, and and you know, we we listen to things, uh, you know, by osmosis. You know, we get we we don't know how why we interpret things the way we do because 
because we don't realize what we're really hearing. And that starts in the womb that we start yeah. hearing things. And so with that, it's like, it's one of those negotiates. Another way that I look at things a lot of times is I've learned to take the person off the situation. So if I find myself in conflict, let's say with a conversation that happened, I try to take the, I, I, t I take the perspective, the, the idea of what I got triggered with. In that conversation, what did I get triggered with? So then I take the person off the situation and I take it back to what I got triggered with. I got triggered with saying that, let's say I was running late all the time when I know that that wasn't what the truth was, right? That I was not late, running late. I may walk into someplace a minute late or I may walk into a place a minute early, Right. It's not that I'm, I'm late. It's just one of those things. But someone else was saying that I was late. So instead of saying, well, that person told me this, I looked at, I was triggered with the words given to me that I was running late. So then I knew how to negotiate that. Okay, well, I know that that's not. So that's, okay, I'm going to use a little bit of discernment here and I'm going to use a little bit of an understanding. Okay, so that trigger so then when I go back to have a conversation with someone, then I know what my trigger is instead of the person being the trigger. Does that make sense? So then I know how to communicate with the person yeah. a little bit different because I know my trigger is being late. It's not the person that was triggering me. Well, it, the person could be triggering you, but it's the conversation. So then what in that conversation was triggering me? And so how do I negotiate? That's one way that I appease my conflict a little bit more is I take the person out of it. So then I can deal with what the trigger is yeah, and negotiate it. Just like, you know, going back to the, what we were talking about with um, Hamas and, and um, Pakistan and, and, and Israel, right? That if we took out... Pakistan and Israel, right? Palestine. Palestine. Sorry about that. Thank you for clarifying me. I, I, I never wanted to. And the other one is Pakistan and India. I mean, they're. Oh no! They're I don't want to ever dishonor. I really don't want to dishonor. Right. So I apologize. There again, could have caused conflict. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. Um, that's one thing about dys dyslexia is that I get. I know the words I want to say, but what comes out of my mouth is not always what I want to say. My kids even said when I was, when they were younger, mom, do you realize what you said? I go, what? I said this and this and this. And they go, no. <laughs> <laughs> I go, oh, okay. <laughs> I apologize. So the conflict over in the Middle East right, right now, right? If we took those two names off of them and get down into the situation we might find a little bit less of a trigger. Yeah. Because then we're talking about scenarios. And I bet you each country has that scenario that's happening in their country. Yeah. If you could take the labels off of everything and one side, we could say, okay, fellow human being over there. Mm -hmm. And the other person said, well, what do you want, fellow human being? Uh, that Just even saying that changes the whole perspective. Exactly. Of, hey, I'm it's, this and you're that, you know. It's kind of like in Germany, you know, when there was the war, they, you know, two sides would have dinner together and then they couldn't shoot each other, right? Yeah. Because they took the name off of people 
the German or American got down to human. And that's the thing mm-hmm. is, is that, you know, um, how can we negotiate those conflicts in ourselves knowing that we're human? So, so taking the, you know, hey, Natasha, you did this and this and this, come down to say, you know, I did this. Yeah, I, I could have done something different, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And what am I going to do about that? I'm asking for healing on this because I didn't want to do what I had ended up happening, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. And that's the thing that if we can negotiate the world around us with a little bit more grace for ourselves and others and breathe, can you imagine the ripple effect? It's kind of like the, the you throw a rock in the water. And then you throw another rock on the water and then you throw another rock on the water and then all those ripple effects come together, right? Yeah. And they change each other and they and they actually shift the ripples, right? They shift the ripples. So, you know, that's the thing is, is that you never know when you do that inner work yourself what ripple effect you're going to have because I can tell you that every time I had a conflict, it rose me up to another level of myself. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting, too, because, um, you know, we're talking about the ripple effect or some people call it the butterfly effect, you know, or, you know, it's like when I was thinking of a family member who um, had a, a drug and alcohol problem, you know, and then when I was really looking at the bigger picture and how that rippled out to, you know, for, for years, um, just just that one person getting a DUI even and everything that happened after that, and it just I mean, it's rippled out for three years, you know, mm-hmm. and still from that one action, it's like it's affecting the, the family around, you know, they're around there with with what happens, you know. So um, that's the thing that, you know, of course, when we're about to make a wrong decision, we're usually just thinking only about ourselves, and that the you don't realize until later, you know, what this ripple effect would be. Um, you know, like when I had anger issues back in my 40s and um and caused my my 11 year old daughter to cry for two days from listening to me yell and scream, you know, and that's when I first realized this ripple effect of like, oh my God, I, you know, and I had to take responsibility for that, you know, and that's what, you know, got me into anger management for three years, which was a, a, a lifesaver for me, um, you know, so, cause you don't want to do that, you know, but, uh, you know, you know and that's um, there again is that conflict that you had inside of you. You 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 had that conflict. She had the conflict because she was witnessing you, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then you had that conflict of understanding. Boy, did I cause that? Yeah. Yeah. And I can yeah. still feel the energy in you, knowing that you hurt this little girl, right? Yeah. But yet at the I same know. time, though, you did do action to heal that. And then, what does she think of you now? Oh, yeah, we're very, very close now. You know, I mean, we have a, a, an amazing relationship now, which is good, which because is good. So you do the work a, that right, would heal yeah. that conflict. Yeah. And, but there's still part of, you know, still part of me. And I don't, I'm not 100% uh, healed myself from that. There's a little bit of self-loathing over that still, you know, that's there about, wow, how could I have done that? And it's the same feeling that I had when I was on the other side and coming back from my two hours and my three hours in heaven and um, standing on this cliff and there were some people lined up as far down as I could see that were lined up to hug me and tell me they forgave me, you mm-hmm. know, for stuff I did to them in another lifetime. 
And so in trance there, I'm just crying my eyes out, thinking about what did I do to this person? What did I do to that person? Oh my gosh, you know, and you realize how much damage we do over lifetime after lifetime making these wrong decisions. And, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, well, uh, people that are abusers, you know, uh, many times become the abuser themselves. And it goes on for the ripple effect from the initial abuse that a person suffered it causes sometimes to go for many generations down. Where, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, just that just one bad, bad thing that happened or one bad choice someone made and you're affecting generation after generation until something finally gets healed. So, you know, um, I, one thing I was just, I was going to mention, we've only mentioned a few times on there, but we, we talked, we talked, said something about the womb earlier. And, um, and so I thought, I'll just, just, I just thought people have to know in our research that we are doing with these 70,000 people going over their back. We realize that when somebody's in the womb, they're in full, they're coming from heaven and they're in full consciousness. So mm -hmm. they can hear everything you're saying. They know your thoughts. They know what you're feeling. Uh, just like, it's like having an adult in your womb, you know, I mean, a soul that's that's had hundreds of lives in your womb, hearing everything you're doing and everything you're saying. And then as they're born, it, the way things work is like a wall comes up of forgetfulness. So most people forget, you know, that. But so anybody out there that's pregnant or knowing anybody that's pregnant, mention that to them, that whatever you do and say and how you treat your body, they it's like another adult in your womb that knows what you're doing, you know. And I, I mean, we do forget in some ways, but there's yeah. a part of us that that can can those whispers, especially if there is um, a little bit of trauma and drama involved with it, you know, that, that it can cause a little bit of that um, interaction. But there again is where I, I usually like going back to your mind where you said that you loathe um you know, actions that you did when you were younger. And, and that's where sometimes I have to say, I'm asking for healing on this. Yeah. I'm asking for healing because my mind wants to keep repeating those stories that we did something right. Yeah. Because it likes to stay in the negative, you know, mm -hmm. it, it's had the pattern of staying in the negative. And so, you know, I have to disrupt that negative thought, that loathing that we can get into and just say, I'm asking for healing on this. I know I I'm didn't do right, yeah. but I've done the work to heal it. And 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 I'm I'm doing better every day in my life to do better. And having those communications with ourselves can really help negotiate those like moments, yeah. right? Well, and maybe this is where mantras come in. Um, I don't know the best definition of a mantra, but a mantra, from the way I look at it, is something that vibrates at a at a at a higher level than normal. Uh, that we say over and over again, like with, you know, that has a positive, when you're saying it, your intention, is it for something positive or something more loving or kind to happen, you know, rather than, than, than uh, normal. Sometimes mantras are just words like om or om or hue. Uh, and they're words that when you sing them, uh, like when you're meditating or whatever, um, they uh, lessen the space between uh, this world and the other world, you know, so you get... Um, you know, more light into your life or something, mm -hmm. but positive affirmations. See, you're, this is the thing I learned in hypnotherapy school that our minds, uh, that words have power, you know, people they say, do. Oh, sticks oh. and stones, but words will never hurt me. No. I mean, sometimes words can hurt more than sticks and stones, you know, for some people, uh, because we know like when a, when a child, uh, hears the word stupid, you know, they've learned enough at three or four or five years old to know that stupid means you're not, 
a very good person that you're mm -hmm. that you're kind of worthless or don't mean anything so they know what that words mean so even just something in the sense of a, if a parent says oh you're so stupid or something like that i mean whoa i mean that can go to the deep subconscious and really uh, get a young person to really feel that they that's who they are you know because an adult said that you mm -hmm. spend the rest of your adult life trying to erase that one thing that your parents said you know um, and that's why I think positive affirmations, if you think you're being kind of disingenuous when you, even if you're looking in the mirror saying, wow, I really love you to yourself, you know, and part of you is going, come on, you don't really love yourself, you know, you know, you really loathe yourself. But when you begin to say that even, and then sometimes oh, and um, say it in spite of it and say it in spite of it, your subconscious starts saying, here's those words. Wow. You're looking in the mirror and you're saying, I love this person I seeing in the mirror. And the more you say it and the more you say it with feeling, even if you're faking it till you make it, in a sense, it kind of, you know, some people, you know, I tell them, well, just fake it till you make it. What happens is, is they start doing that and it, they get their foot in the door, you know, and they go, oh, well, maybe I love myself, you know, maybe just a little bit, you know, well, you could even say that, wow, I love you a little bit, <laughs> you know, I mean. It starts that and it and it mushrooms, you know, and that because, uh, you know, words, uh, words have um, a lot of power in there sometimes, you know, not I mean, all the time uh, when I'm creating an anchor and hip like I, I'm just using an example of a golfer that I came to me and um, uh, he was um, he was like the uh, the Tiger Woods of Columbia at one point uh, winning all the tournaments. He was young, you know, like 18 or so. He comes to America to try to become a golfer here, but he's 18, 19, and he meets a girl, and he starts falling in love, and his, um, he's out there golfing and just having all these new feelings and everything like that. He's becoming more vulnerable, emotional, and that, and so he would go up to hit a shot, and he would just he would find his emotions were causing him to hit bad shots, so he would take me out golfing and show me how to golf. And then I would do a session for him. We just kind of traded, you know, mm -hmm. but I taught him an anchor. I had him in, when he's in, in hypnosis, I had him rub his fingers together. And I said, when you, you know, to his, and his subconscious is listening because he's in hypnosis. So I said, when you take your forefinger and your thumb and you write it together and you say the words calm and relaxed, but really alert, calm and relaxed, but really alert. And I had him do that for two or three minutes. And we were talking to subconscious and he was hearing those words calm and relaxed, really alert. So when he would go up to hit a shot as he's walking up, he, he's, he's got the club in one hand and inside he's going calm and relaxed, super alert, calm and relaxed. And he said just even doing that helped him get the, the, the gyps out of, you know, so he could hit better shots. So now he doesn't even need to say those words. He just does this. The subconscious goes, OK, we're jumping into calm and relaxed and we're really alert, you know. So that's what we call an anchor in hypnosis, you know, that way, mm -hmm. you know, um, and we can do that at any point in time. Yeah. We don't even have to really be in hypnosis, but it's repetitive interaction. The only thing about hypnosis and and or meditations or whatever, we're in a different state of mind. Yeah. We're in a relaxed state of mind. We're in kind of a, a detached state state of mind from what our day-to-day -day life is and and but that's the whole thing about spirituality is getting through what we talked about today and doing the negotiation of that and how do we how do we treat ourselves how do we treat tr treat other people and that's the that's the art of spirituality is is being 
finding that blessing in the midst of the conflict. It's finding the grace in the middle of, of disharmony. It's that feeling of, of, um, of togetherness in the middle, in the middle of not being together. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, how can we do these things? And it's about changing the way we look at things, you know, looking at somebody else's world a little bit differently. And there is no right or wrong, but there is, yeah, I can see your point of view. Can you see a little bit of my point of view? And then like, I've always, I've always strived in my marriage, you know, to be on the 50 yard line. You know, it's not about being on your side or my side. Yeah. It's about being at the 50-yard line, getting each other, and then trying to find a happy place. We may need to be on the 45 or or the 40 uh, or the or the uh, 55, right? But at the same time, though, how can we negotiate this in this in the middle of where we're at? And finding that blessing is is the way to do it. But there again, we have to stop. We have to stop the negative thoughts that that's that rabbit hole that we can go down. And that's finding those quick not conversations we have. Like mine is I'm asking for healing on this. I'm asking for healing on this. I'm asking for healing on this so I can disrupt that rabbit hole. Or um, I didn't do anything yeah. wrong, but there's something I can change. I didn't do anything wrong, but there's something I can change. So what can I change now? I like that. or or even what if what if this is for my greater good what if that that this conversation is leading me to a greater knowing what if you know it's that shifting up and it's it, you have to find something that you can get to quickly because of the fact that we're going to be in these pl places and I can tell you with this new moon and eclipse that we had just to you know uh, this last weekend that there's a lot of people that are getting into conflicts with ourselves, we have emotions that are running around and we have voices that are not always in the most calmest way, right? I don't know yeah. how many kids that I triggered yesterday, right? Because I said I had boundaries. I had loving, kind boundaries, right? You don't hit somebody else with the ball constantly. No, go to the end of the line. But I didn't want to do it, you know? <laughs> Sorry, cause and effect, right? Yeah. But then what did I have to do with myself? I'm doing the writer thing. 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 Because I didn't want to go into that rabbit hole that I might have caused, right? So whatever can come to you, find grace with yourself. And no, we're going to be perfectly imperfect in this life. And it's that ebb and flow, you know. But find the greater good out of it. What was this here to teach me is another one that I say. What is this here to teach me? There's something in this that I'm supposed to learn. What is this here to teach me, right? And yeah. how can you how can you negotiate that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so Regan, yeah, I know. Conflict. Oh, conflict of the emotions well, uh, in the head. We usually know when, we, when we, we've got the, the good and the bad on the shoulder and we go back and forth. I mean... <laughs> We instinctively usually know the best decision that we're that we should make, you know. And that's what's funny is when we pretty much know the one that's for the greater good or that's got more love in it than the other one. And it's so interesting how even though we know that, how how we why would we since we know that why would we ever go to the uh, the, the dark side, you know? Mm -hmm. But we find ourselves doing that, you know. And I I don't you know the mind I, likes to go there. I know. But the it's thing is, I find out well. the older that I get, the it's like I go to the good side more times than I did the year before. You know, mm -hmm. 
Uh, and so I feel it more when I go to the dark side occasionally. Uh, whew, boy, do I feel it. I mean, it's just it's a really, really downward pull, you know, uh, puts me into depression even sometimes when I do that. And then hopefully that'll, you know, mm-hmm. get me to remember that next time I, I have to make that decision and and to go to the uh, go to the light. <laughs> <laughs> You know. <laughs> we all hope we can go to the light, right? We all yeah. hope we can go to the light. Well, right. well, we're coming to the hour here, and I hope that everyone finds some kind of blessing in the midst of their conflicts, of their emotions, and their mind. You know, we really didn't talk about the emotions, but I can tell you that the emotions really do trigger a lot of the conflict of yeah. the mind. And so look at why your emotions are being triggered, and that can really help you look into the story of what is this here to teach me and, you know, where are we at in life? And, and, you know, I keep asking for healing on this, you know, every time I think of the Middle East and, and, you know, Russia and, and, you know, all that scenario that they never go away, really, you know, the conflicts just keep happening and I'm asking for healing on this. And I know I can't help. I can't, I'm not flying over there to say, stop, you know, but I know that every day that I try to do my better and doing better with me helps me do better outside of me. Yeah. um, Just work on ourselves. So work on ourselves. If anybody would like to have a regular therapy session or they want to visit the afterlife, um, if you go to my website, visit theafterlife.com, there's, there's uh, videos on there on regular therapy, which is uh, like the EFT or hypnosis, um, two of the modalities that I use. In addition to, I'm using Havening Touch now, which is awesome. Um, you know, and most of my clients have PTSD or um, some sort of, you know, violence. Uh, PTSD covers, you know, you could be in an auto accident, you get PTSD, or somebody dies tragically in your life and it's PTSD. It's not just you, you're a soldier somewhere and you go into battle and you get it from that. We get it from all sorts of things. Uh, and uh, they have these great modalities that work wonders on that to get you back to a semblance of normalcy again. And I can do that over Zoom or in person. Um, and uh, uh, that's at visittheadlife.com. Lots of videos on there to watch that can educate you on, on what hypnosis is and what this. There's even a young lady on there going through this process where she goes to heaven and back. And it's uh, pretty cool to watch. And Natasha, now um, your website's still angelicclarifications.com, right? Mm-hmm. Two uh, C's and an S at the end. <laughs> two, yeah. two C's in the middle and an S at the end. Yes. And so, but I, I'm, I have, I will keep them in their prayers. Um, uh, I, I keep the world in our, my thoughts and prayers. And then your daughter, yes, her daughter's going to go in for surgery. Um, Who, and it's, it's a nine hour surgery. So I totally have been keeping her and your family wow. in my thoughts and prayers as, as I knew that it was getting closer and thank you for being here. And I'm glad that you've that been Victoria's, interacting. Victoria's What's that? Daughter? Who's daughter? Um, Soba's daughter. Oh, Soba's daughter. Oh, yeah. wow. A nine so, hour surgery for, oh boy, that's, that's difficult. It is difficult. difficult. And, and they've been on a path trying to find a better choice to do. And, and they found a good surgeon to do it. So yeah, let's hope. May uh, the angels, angels be with there. his hands. May the angels be working yeah. their, his yeah. hands and the, all the other, uh, all the other people in the surgery, 
may the angels be part of them so that they can do the, the better part of this so, dance. So Natasha, would it help him as, while his daughter's having surgery? It's her. If he or, pardon? Her. Yeah, her. While um, Soba's daughter's having surgery. Uh -huh. uh, Soba, is she? Okay, I don't know if it was. It sounded. That's okay. That's okay. Could be either. It's a client. Oh, okay. Yes. So, so thank you. So no, it's daughter. okay. Okay. We, so, we. I feel like I've offended people in this show already with different perspectives and perceptives and trying to keep all that straight. And then, oh my gosh, I just please, please forgive so me. So how about when this is happening? It, let's say if she just, in a sense, looks up or whatever and says, "Okay, angels, uh, you know, uh, please help this go." surgery go well and even if she even if she in her mind could see the angels around and guiding the surgeon's hand and that i mean is that going to um make the outcome a little more positive just if she's positive even though she's not in the operating room it will it really does and that's one thing that whenever i've been in conflict with anything um or in worry that i put as much love in the room as i can and um, and, and I would put love around you and your family too, because I know there's going to be a lot of worry there. And so may, that's why I always say, let the angels be in the doctor's hands and in the room, because it, it does bring light into a room. Because if we have more worry and, and we're more on the negative side of, of distrust, then that creates the energy because energy or thoughts create energy. And what kind of energy do we want to have? And it's not wrong right. or right to be worried. Please know it's not wrong or right to be worried. Um, that's, that's, you should be, you're a loving parent. You know, it's like, you know, mom and dad and, and parent, and, you know, it's like, how can we negotiate this? But please remember that you're, you're safe and you're good. And, and I, I see this happening and, you know, there's going to be pain and ache of the fan of the body, but yet at the same time, you know, they're be okay. dealing is with her, this. How old is her daughter? 13. Oh, okay. Well, her daughter's old enough, and Soba can actually coach her daughter a little bit and say, look, before they <coughs> put you under anesthesia, just close your eyes and picture this beautiful white protective light around her, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, even to have her daughter imagine however she does, you know, an angel holding her hand or, you know, just so just so her daughter is in the right mode of surrender and and uh and and relaxation uh, mm -hmm. one thing we found out in hypnosis was um when people use hypnosis before they go into surgery and the studies they've done uh they found that there's less scarring yeah and they and it heals much faster because when when a knife goes into the human body it's natural to think that's an invader and it you know it's like to push away but when you tell the subconscious is this is a friend here, this is for your good, you know, it's going to be okay. So welcome that, you know, and they found out, you know, when people have that go into it that way, more relaxed and, 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 and knowing that the knife is an okay thing, it's going to be to get better, uh, that they have better results, you know, but my dad did there. that when he had colon surgery is, is that he, yeah. he really thought of how this was going to be a blessing for him. And, and, you know, the doctor even said that his surgery was one of the least bleeding surgeries he's ever had. So yeah. going in and trusting the process, I even do that going to the dentist or, or getting my blood drawn or whatever it is. I ask that, that this thing be 
a part of my my positive journey and let this be the greater good coming to me so that we can be even during a massage or something like that that i i go in with you know i'm trusting yeah. this i'm surrendering to this i'm i'm knowing that the greater good's going to happen out of this and i pray that it is the greater good and that that the the surgeon has the magicness that that can do this and he has the intention to hold the blessings and that everything is going to be negotiating it and um and that the, the, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll keep her in my prayers, my dear. When is your daughter going in for surgery? Monday. Monday. Okay. So it's going to be a big day. So, uh, so, but next uh, Wednesday, check in with Natasha on her show. And uh, maybe Natasha will send me a little thing. Tell me how it went. Oh, I will. I will. Yes, 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 yes. So um, right. everyone, please know that you're perfectly imperfect going through this journey of our conflicts. And, you know, Sobe, you probably had a lot of, con you, I know I had a session with you when you were trying to figure out the steps to do for the surgery, you know, that that was a big conflict moment. And yeah. I hope today's conversation, you know, helped a little bit. And, you know, asking for divine healing on this would be a good mantra for you to do over and over again when you're worried about so, um, surgery um, and, and you know, negotiating that story of, of you know, what you're doing. And, and I'm asking for healing on this. I'm asking for healing on this because it's something that is greater. So blessings to all. Good luck blessings all and um i will be on next wednesday at four o'clock pacific time um thank you all for being here if you're looking for podcasts you can reach um, podcasts at every day with an angel and um please remember that i do give supporting videos um there are two minute videos that you can find them on most uh platforms uh instagram TikTok, all those different platforms, Facebook, <laughs> to support you on your journey and remembering that um, things are happening. Oh, and um, um, I'm attuned to the energies of the now would be another one, Soba, that can be good for you to do. That's a mantra that I use a lot when I'm attuning to the energies. So maybe that's a good one for your daughter. I'm attuning to the energies of the now so that as she's um, going into um, the surgery that she's attuning to what's happening in our world. I'm attuning to the energies of the now so that the greater good can happen. That just popped in. So I hope that one helps too. And um, so um, she says that I'm um, sure we'll do that. Thank you. I'm grateful. And I'm so grateful for you too. You're a magic woman who's um, doing a lot of good. So blessings yeah, to all. Today. Yeah. So blessings everyone. And Regan will be back the third Third Wednesday of next month. Of now, next month is that um, Thanksgiving? It's going to be November. Oh, we'll One, see two, Wednesday. Three. No, it's the fifteenth. It's the fifteenth. Fifteenth. Okay. The right before Thanksgiving. So blessings, yeah, I'll be everyone. Coming back from doing a, a session for uh, for Connie Willis. Um, oh yes, on coast so. to coast. When I was on coast to coast with Connie. Yeah, actually, I, I'll have. I think uh, that might be one of the times I'm doing a session with her, but I think it'll be earlier in the day or something but uh, i'll let you know as we get closer okay because we can always change it to the fourth so yeah okay All right. whatever works well okay. blessings everyone and See remember that, that the thoughts create action so what is your thoughts to create i'm natasha venter angelicclarifications.com if you'd like a personal session with that please know that i can help you and uh blessings everyone See you next Wednesday and blessing Soba on the surgery. Bye now. Bye.